podcaster. I hardly know her. (laughs) Meet Megan Bryant. She's an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids, a comedian, a super energetic improv trainer, and an award-winning author. Megan is passionate about creating happier, healthier human connections through humor. This podcast dives into all sorts of topics that tackle personal growth, professional strategies, and sharing positive messages to build up the communities around us. Each of us can make an impact. So keep in mind that you don't have to be a big deal to do big things. Thank you for tuning in. This is the I Hardly Know Her podcast. And here's your host, Megan Bryant. This episode is awesome for me. (laughs) Hopefully it has some nuggets uh, for you as well. I just got done teaching a workshop for a love and romance project with 50 some participants and not all couples. Some are individuals, um, single people who are working on having really healthy, playful, confident, relationships with themselves and others. And it's an exact, exact example of why I love what I do and just happened to be that I recorded this podcast episode while I was waiting in the parking lot before I got to go into this event. And so everything that I unpack in this, in this episode about all the different routes I tried taking with improv and my creative outlets in general, all culminate to my present day where I get to do improv workshops in, in ways that just, just rock my world. And they seem to add so much value to the participants. And it is just, um, very heartwarming and rewarding to know this long, long, long road has led me to a point where I can really confidently navigate through which types of events are the best fit for me, where I can really use my talents in a way that I think they are being maximized and honoring other people within my space um, to enhance who they are with these skills, these very simple skills. So It's exciting and rewarding. And so now let's unpack it with this episode about all the many quote unquote failures in my life that have led me to a time and space where I'm feeling so much satisfaction. Obviously, I talk about improv often. It's my favorite thing. It's really not, I'm not even exaggerating. It is one of my very favorite things. And this episode is to talk about using yes and to fail faster. Fail faster. Admittedly, I don't really like the word fail. I think people, it's got a weird buzz around it. I think that failure is an excellent thing because it helps us to um, determine ways that don't work. And so we can fine tune things that ultimately work better in the future. I have never necessarily feared failure, uh, I get a little aggravated at times with the length of time it takes me to accomplish things because I am in like learning mode. Um, so today I just wanted to embrace that with really taking, um, the, the action 
mindset, that ready position that I've talked about in the past about improv, especially using yes and as a way to just be very, very aware of where I'm at right now, saying yes to acknowledge and accept wherever my current state of being is, whether it's a work project or something personal, being able to acknowledge it very quickly and and look for the anding options quicker. So just as a recap, or for any of you who might be stumbling upon this podcast episode uh, out of order, where you might have missed the intro to what yes and is, Yes is the core root of, yes and is the core root of improvisation. It is like the most uh, critical foundation um, as far as the skills that are applied in improv. And it does not mean you have to agree with things. Uh, Yes actually becomes a tool where you get to acknowledge or accept whatever the thing is that you need to work on or deal with or whatever it is. So yes is an acknowledgement tool and requires you do something with it. You can't just sit there stagnant and stuck in a rut. It requires that you get creative, that you try something new, that you stay moving. And for me, a lot of the ways that I visualize that and experience it um, is that it, it allows me to quickly move about and then find out quick, find out what I don't love to do faster than just sitting going, oh, I'm not going to do any of these things because what if I do this and it turns out this way? Or what if I do this and someone doesn't like it or is critical of me? It keeps me from staying too long in a worst case scenario, kind of a panic mode of the what ifs if it fails. So I took some time to make notes of a lot of different things that I've done over the years to get to where I'm at today. And let me be super clear, like I just feel like I'm finally on the cusp of what I I was hoping would mean, um, I guess what a, a success, a, an official success would be in that um, the opportunity to be more stable financially and have a little bit more consistency is finally happening after all these years of trial and error and really trying to figure out what is my voice, what is my, um, what are the ways that I can apply my skills and etc. So to do a long list here, what I have done, I like, first of all, this is not my first podcast. Technically, I actually was hired by a company years ago to do a podcast and I got my feet wet with figuring out what does that even mean? What do what do you need to make a podcast? And I was supposed to be paid and then the person, the company flaked out and totally went off the grid and whatever. But nevertheless, it was fun because I got to learn um, a little bit about what it, what it looked like to podcast. And then I knew I wanted to for sure do one of my own someday. So that was called The Weekly Feast. And I came up with the name for them. It was for an Idaho-based, kind of like a tourism website type thing, just Idaho fun facts and whatnot. And I even came up with a little jingle. I was like, this is the weekly feast, yeah, the weekly feast, or something like that. I don't remember. There was some jazz singing. It was whatever. I was practicing for the future. And um, along the same timeline, I also did um, a guest writing segment in um, uh, on uh, uh, basically Idaho related poems, which I called Idahoetry, which is cute. When you see it written, it looks better than how it just sounded. Idahoetry, uh, and I would write little poems with 
historical facts about things in the state or business things that were going on. It was very fun. And I love poetry and rhyming and it was just a good writing outlet. Um, and then I'm just going to kind of blaze through through the rest of this. So uh, obviously, um, there's been a lot of different samplings of how can I use my skills? I love writing. I love performing. I love sharing the joy of improv as I see those uh, skills applied to other facets of life. So along the way, I've done all the things. I've had an improv troupe called Chicks and Giggles. Um, where I got to actually produce the shows. I would find the venue. I would book the room. I would negotiate however the rates were going to be. I would pick the ticket price. I would be in charge of selling the tickets. I would do the marketing pieces, put it on all the company, the community uh, websites of events and different things, and just totally learned a lot about event planning way back. This is a long time ago, over 10 years ago now. And then I have a passion for nonprofit stuff, for um, using the humor to connect people for a good cause. And so I had an organization uh, that still occasionally gets used, but not much, uh, called Hilarity for Charity. And yes, I realize now there is also a Hilarity for Charity uh, that Seth Rogen runs out of um, L.A. And his is specifically on Alzheimer's and great cause. Uh, So my idea was just using improv shows in conjunction with nonprofit organizations to bring awareness about local causes, raise a few bucks, get people laughing and connecting, and then opening up their wallets to help people and organizations in need. Then came Idaho Laugh Fest. I've mentioned that one multiple times. Um, It's something I love to talk about and also just have a really soft spot for uh, because it was so much work and I learned so much from putting on a multi-day comedy festival in town um, from the back end type of stuff to the actual stage time to trying to deliver what I thought the community needed and just a huge learning experience. Then came Zip Zap Zop Improv, which is a corporate training uh, variety that my older brother and I established uh, several years ago to take those applied skills of improv into the workplace specifically. Um, so learned a lot about that. Like how do you take improv and make it look appealing for the workspace? Cause that scares people. No, no surprise there. The word improv scares people. They don't want to be on stage. They don't want to be put on the spot. They don't, they're worried that they don't think they're funny or people who think they're funny and are really like so, sort of stuck in a tailspin of, um, kind of the awkward communication types or people who um, use sarcasm as a way to say mean things in a, in a way where they think they can get away with it. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff there. Uh, and just, so just learning how to dial in improv into a format where it is acceptable in the workplace. I also dabbled for a time there of having a, a I wanted to do an online show, an online live show, which this was before Facebook Live, but I created a fan page for uh, something called Out of Your Mind because sometimes people think, man, are you out of your mind to do improv? And also it gets you out of your own head if you really apply the improv skills. It's a very clever name, folks, if you didn't figure that out. Uh, And then I never did anything with that one specifically other than I used it for a couple of keynote speeches. I used that um, premise all with the goal of helping keep people um, be more confident in the moment and to be confident that your choices, your opinions, your um, things that you have to contribute are valid and they are worthwhile. Um, or sometimes you can get to something worthwhile by spit firing a whole bunch of stuff that just sounds random um, and being in a creative space. So 
doing all of that, between all of those different brands, those different things that I tried sampling to see, is this really what's going to get my legs under me? This is going to just be what drives me the rest of my career. I would just do all these different types of things between these organizations that I created, uh, and stand-up comedy, variety comedy, emceeing all types of events, seeing the behind the scenes of all sorts of different things, a wide range of freelance writing that I've done over the years for guest blog posts, websites, multiple magazines, not only locally in the community I live in, but also I've written for some other magazines, um, when I worked in other industries. So, Hey, Megan Bryant has some, uh, articles in national fire magazines. Like, you know, I just practice wherever I could. And along the way, I was able to start to pick out the things I loved the most, really figure out where I love the energy that I get to feel and where I feel like I'm adding the most value to the world around me. And that all the creative side of things coupled with my very long background of different types of work helps me to kind of cross-reference everything. The magic of improv and those skills of communication, building trust, uh, expanding creativity, um, just enhancing uh, the safe space within the work environment and beyond. Um, I could also speak a lot of um, jargon of corporate stuff. I worked in banking for 10 years. I've managed federal level grants um, all over the country. I started working construction when I was really young for my stepdad. I've worked at Dairy Queen. I've worked at TCBY, including, that's a yogurt shop, if you don't know, uh, including staying on for several years as a cake decorator, which was actually quite cathartic to sit there and like frost cakes in the back room, listening to sweet jams and just like daydreaming about what I wanted my life to be like was really cool. I've worked in hotels. I've worked in catering. I've worked in retail. Um, I've worked uh, just so many different types of jobs over the years that helped me see the value of customer interaction, the importance of confidence when you are in sales, um, all of these different things to drive the passion I have behind improv and humor into real world um, value. Even things like um, MLMs, the dreaded multi-level uh, networking thingies, pyramid schemes, whatever you want to call them. I joined a couple of them over the years, three of them to be exact, mostly because I love the, the potential of wordplay in the marketing. Like I, there long ago, well, the first one I did was some sort of like juice. I can't remember even what was in it. Some kind of juice. Um, and I don't remember the name of it. I, I cannot remember the name of it. And uh, so I recorded my LLC and I called it the Newberry, Newberry LLC, because you were going to get healthy with this Newberry elixir, <laughs> whatever it was. It did not actually taste that good and I did not do very well with it. Then I had rejoined uh, another one called Rodan and Fields, which is like health or uh, f beauty stuff, beauty products. And I still actually use some of them. I really do like those products. And the most recent one, was when I sold lip scents for a while. For me, I, no matter what I'm doing, I try to participate fully, right? That's another thing I've talked about before is being present in the moment, really looking at like, why am I doing this? What am I learning from this? And looking for that connection. So all of those experiences were very valuable to me, especially with the lip sense one, which I did for over a year. And I would still probably do it if I had more just time coming out of my butt. 
because uh, I learned a lot about myself and I shifted a lot of emotional and mental blocks that I had about um, working with other women. Um, there was such a great support system in there. I learned a lot about how to put on makeup, which I've never had confidence in doing. I felt more comfortable wearing bright, bold colors, which is very me. Um, because I was encouraged by these awesome girls, uh, women, chicks, whatever, these people that were just so enthralled. Plus I got to play. I, I would, I came up with my own little videos, by the way, if you can hear that airplane, my apologies, I'm recording this in my Jeep, uh, in a parking lot, nonetheless. Anyway, uh, so I would, I called it comedy, comedy and kisses and I'd be like, come for the lips, stay for the laughs. And I would do these ridiculous little videos because the selling point is that these are totally smudge free, um, lip lipsticks. And, and it's no joke. They, for me, it, they stay on forever and ever for as a performer it, and when I'm speaking and all these different things, um, I love to be able to have a lip color that I know is not going to smudge onto my teeth. It is so, so, um, such a great product. And so I would do these funny videos with just weird things like, you know, some girls would do these really pretty ones where it's like, Oh look, it doesn't smudge on my mug. It doesn't smudge on my, when I eat or when I kiss my loving husband or whatever it is. And I'm like doing videos where I'm getting like a pie in the face and it doesn't rub off. Or I'm like biting into an entire cake or an entire rotisserie chicken. And then I had my own little tagline I came up with, or like I, you know, I was smooching all over my babies and stuff. And then I'd like rub my lips and show that it's not smudging and be like, still fabulous. Ooh, which became my little tagline. And it was fun. I had a ton of fun making these videos with my kids and just getting creative with like showing how they're, they're sweat proof and wind proof, you know, using crazy, like air, air blowing machine or whatever, just looking ridiculous. And, um, and it, it was a great time. And so I learned a lot about myself and I made really great connections with people who I am very good friends with now and who have actually helped me with other projects that I have going on. So whatever we're in, whatever we're experiencing, even if it doesn't seem to have a dot to connect, that's just something that I deeply implore to people when I talk about stuff, when it feels like you're kind of off track, off track, as long as you know that your motivation towards whatever you're passionate about, whatever your why is in life, um, and what you hope to serve the world with, no matter what, keep true to that. And you can find ways to connect every single experience, no matter how far off track you feel like you might be. Cause some of those things, when I look back, it's like, what does any of that have to do with comedy? Well, the grand scheme of things is that no matter what, I've always valued humor and healing and knowing that when we connect through laughter, we can forget our cares just for a few minutes or even for that moment, we just can feel the weight of the world be lifted. And so it doesn't matter what industry you're in. That is something that is very important to me. And so all of these different jobs I've had, I've worked with all different types of people, um, different dynamics of age groups, different, um, oh, just so many different attitudes towards life and work and being able to understand people and see the value of those experiences now unfolding with how my life trajectory has brought me to this point where, yeah, my career does not look exactly like I thought it might years ago when I would daydream about it. And sometimes still I have these fantasies about things I would love to have happen in my career. And yet letting it be based on, um, my drive for why I do it to try to connect people to have healthier, happier communication 
with a touch of humor anywhere I go to know that like life is okay. And these are things that come together for me through improv, through that yes and through that acceptance of wherever I am in that moment with whoever I'm interacting with or whatever my task at hand is, acknowledging it as quickly as possible for better or worse and moving forward as quick as possible. Um, so failing, going, bringing this all the way back full circle of failures, like I look back at these things and there, when I was in the thick of some of these things, I felt like I was failing. Why, why do I cry so much? You guys, you know what? I don't understand exactly the psychology behind it other than I've been reading a lot of books and I've really studied into it a lot of over the years as I've gone to counselors and I've spent a lot of time trying to understand why I'm such a softie. It's because I'm just, I'm a very high empath and, and I get so, um, I get so deeply touched by some of the most simple things and, and I love it. It's a little bit embarrassing at times because I cry a lot. And then I take a step back and I think, man, when I look at the list of jobs I've had and every, every job I've ever had, I can think of at least one or more person from each of those jobs. And in some cases, a handful or more of people I'm still close friends with. And to just recognize that my goal all all along was even when I was not professional a professional comedian, I would thrive on making people laugh and being a good listener in the moment and helping people know that um, they're okay who they are, and 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 brightening their day and and doing things in my own little signature weird way, like even when I was a cake decorator, I would try funny things like I would sell a cake like there was a bunch that were like the company's style that you had to do these certain ones like the fudge fudge crunch or whatever blah 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 whatever the ones were that were standard and then I would throw some in where I would just mix in whatever cookie toppings or candy inside the cake and then I would just put like a question mark on the top and call it mystery cake and people would buy it that one would sell out and I would do a different one every time and I just loved putting play no matter where I went and trying things. And, and sometimes I just thought, man, I, you know, my dreams are passing me by. I'm not able to spend a lot of time just to become a, a stand-up comedian with my own Netflix special and being on the late night shows and whatever, which those are things that I still fantasize about, to be honest. Um, but looking back at those things and just recognizing that my honest love for connecting humans and recognizing what a vital need it is to be able to have a little bit of humor and to have a reason to smile every day is what keeps things going, especially when they're hard. Um, and so I really value it. And now looking that like some of these things that I could perceive as failures have very much refined the way I approach business now. So I've done so many different types of things that I get asked to do a lot of different types of gigs now. Um, and I know which ones I love and I know which ones I don't love. I know which ones I can be very, very excellent at. And I know the ones that I would kind of be phoning it in at because I don't love them. I know the ones that fuel me energetically, also, I know the amount of work that goes into which type of gig, and so I can be very realistic about my capacity to take on a certain job and how much it's worth. And it's so valuable to look at the things that we perceive as failures and to just jump in as quick as we can. The worst thing that can happen if I do ever dare to dabble into the worst case scenario mindset is the worst thing you can find out is that you don't like that thing, whether it's a relationship or it's... um 
it's anything. It's a recipe that you want to try. It's um, a certain style of clothes or a bold color of lip um, lip color that you've never worn. Try it. And then you'll know right away. Oh, well, no, that's not me. But then you'll know. So like, I think failing as fast as and, and as often as possible is a glorious thing that should be celebrated. Um, so uh, yeah, actually, I think that's about where I'm going to uh, button things up. I just wanted to touch, though, today in this episode uh, about um, just allowing myself to learn and grow over the years and celebrating everything as a, a, a important learning experience. And even with this podcast, I will go back and listen to some of them, not the whole thing or anything. I can't stand the sound of my own voice, especially when I'm freaking crying <laughs> on my podcast. And I've learned the ways that I want to refine it. So um, even as so much as changing the intros and outros, which you may have noticed a new intro this time by a very good friend of mine who is an improv buddy of mine from 2006. And if you're into improv in any capacity, you could check out his uh, podcast as well. That's Sean Hancock with the Improv Lifestyle. Um, he and I share a lot of passion around applying the skills of improv anywhere else possible in life, personally and professionally. So uh, give that a listen if you want, but I really wanted him to be the one to intro uh, my podcast and have me stop being my own freaking hype man. It's so dumb. I feel so dumb when I'm like, ooh, this is all the stuff that I've done. Anyway, so <coughs> now I'm <coughs> gagging on my own spit. Ah, so cheers to failing fail often, fail big, fail, 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 fail. And remember how those failures feel so you can fall forward, fail into the future that you so desire in just the fanciest way. I love alliteration too. Um, and, uh, I'll close it out with this. I had teased in earlier episodes about just some, um, free while we're on the F words, <laughs> Uh, a free email series that you can now sign up for that just have very simple little introductory tips, little insights, if you will, into uh, my uh, my first five rules of improv. Uh, and so you can actually sign up for that free five-day email series at improv.meetmeganbryant.com. Uh, and I hope that you choose to do so. You can quietly uh, take a little back seat and learn a little bit more about the application of improv as a mindset, not just a performance art. That's improv.meetmeganbryant.com. Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. You can follow along with all of Megan's shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. I'm Sean Hancock with RecycledMindsComedy.com. <laughs>